Hey, you're listening to the RFWP Podcast with your host, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith, encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the RFWP podcast, where we are seeking truth and finding God's heart. My name is Lois, and this is part two of our series on forgiveness. And I'd like to introduce you to my co-host that you are aware of, Emily Lewis. (laughs) Hello. Hey, Emily. Ready for part two? Whew. Yeah, I just want to say, if you have not listened to part one, um, not that we don't want you to listen right now, but I encourage you to go back and listen to part one because uh, this part two will make more sense to you and I think you'll be able to follow along better. So mm-hmm. yeah, I am. I think I'm ready for part two. This is such a heavy subject and it's not just um, a simple thing, but I'm so thankful, honestly, thankful for the opportunity to walk through this. I had just recently yeah. talked to um, some younger people. You know, I have a lot of Gen Zers that float in and out of my house and had just uh, connected with some of them um, on this subject regarding forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them have been through, you know, light things where they forgive somebody and they feel like they, because they want to reconcile, they let them back into their lives too quickly and don't put up boundaries. And then they end up getting hurt again all the Mm -hmm. way to really heavy situations um, where they've been truly either physically, emotionally, um, mentally, or sexually abused by, by a sibling or by someone else where, you know, the, that takes years to process and walk through. Mm-hmm. So if you're just jumping on with us, I just want you to know that we are not taking the biblical concept of forgiveness lightly. Um, so, but That's thanks right. for joining with us today. Yeah. yeah. So as we get started for this episode, we're going to talk about a, an unfamiliar Bible character. And this, this Bible character, I I guess I knew him. I knew like maybe heard his name. I've heard this second Samuel taught, you know, through the Bible, but I hadn't really spent much time focusing on it. But my brother-in-law, Andrew, he has a message on this Bible character. And as we were preparing for the episodes on forgiveness, he reminded me of this sermon that he's brought around Ahithophel. Now, Ahithophel was... I I can't (laughs) say that name. You said it. And I, I, you know, there's some Bible names that I can say. And I'm like, Ahithophel. What? And I just, I'm like, heffalumps and woozles. That's where I went with that. 
but <laughs> but yes, I am. I'm looking forward to you reading this passage and explaining this. And we are going to get back to the story of Joseph, but we felt like this was really important um, in -hmm. the context of forgiveness. So I'm looking forward to you sharing about Ahithophel. Did I say that Mm -hmm. right? Not Hephalon. We have a winner. (laughs) No. So So we're in second uh, Samuel. Right. And I'm going to read because this story kind of jumps all over the place. We see him pop up through the story in multiple places. So I'm going to read from gotquestions.org um, just because it summarizes things really well. And I'll give you okay. some references you can go check. But Ahithophel was originally a counselor of King David. He was uh, one of the people that spoke into David's life. Um, but he's also well known for betraying David and aiding Absalom in his rebellion to overthrow overthrow David's kingship. So, wow, there, there's a there's a legacy you want to leave for your kids. <sighs> yeah, so much there. So Ahithophel was well known for his advice, so much so that Absalom followed Ahithophel's advice just as David had done for every word of. Ahithophel spoke seemed as wise as though it had come directly from the mouth of God. And that's 2 Samuel 16, 23. Because Ahithophel had the gift of wisdom. But after Absalom captured Jerusalem, Ahithophel's first piece of advice to him was that he sleep with his father's concubine in a public manner so as to become a stench in your father's nostrils, um, which is in Second Samuel 16 as well, and to strengthen his following. And in those days, I'm just going to keep reading from Got Questions. In those days, taking possession of a king's concubines was a de- declaration of one's right to the throne. And this fulfilled God's word to David after his adultery with Bathsheba. This is what the Lord says, out of your own household, I will... I am going to bring calamity on you before your very eyes. I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you. And um, that's in 2 Samuel chapter 12. So Absalom followed this advice from Ahithophel and performed this wicked act on the top of the palace roof for all of Israel to see. And when Absalom began his rebellion, King David knew that Ahithophel's advice would be dangerous in the hands of his son. Uh, And during his escape up the Mount of Olives, David prayed to the Lord that Ahithophel's counsel would be turned into foolishness. Now, I just want to stop here because what we're getting to is the root of why would Ahithophel give such bad advice to Absalom? And why would he be motivated to do that? Um, Because this is the connection that blew my mind when... My brother-in-law taught it. So Absalom asks his counselors what should be the next step. And Ahithophel says to pursue David. And um, this is eventually the demise of Absalom. Uh, when he does this, his his mind, Ahithophel's, is scrambled. And Yes, did David ask that his counsel would be turned to foolishness? Yes, but I think it was also clouded by, um, his judgment was clouded by some situations that had happened prior. 
When Absalom asked his counselors what the next step should be, Ahithophel said to pursue David immediately, and Hushai, however, counseled Absalom to delay the attack from and form a larger force and totally annihilate David and his men, which is found in 2 Samuel 17. So Absalom chose to follow the advice of Hushai and reject uh, Ahithophel's counsel. And this was of God since uh, verse 14 says, the Lord had determined to frustrate the good advice of Ahithophel in order to bring disaster on Absalom. Mm -hmm. When Absalom rejected his advice, Ahithophel's pride was injured and he put his house in order and then hanged himself. Mm. So Ahithophel took that so deeply and personally. I think his his thinking was, was clouded in this. Um, and we see, we wonder how could Ahithophel get to this place where he was such a traitor to David Right, and because initially he he was a wise counselor to David. So right. make that connection for us in this uh, concept of repentance and forgiveness that we're talking about. So I'll make that connection for you in Second Samuel twenty three thirty four. It says Eliam, son of Ahithophel the Gilonite, and then in eleven verse three, which is so heavy it's when david is inquiring about bathsheba mm. and someone questions the king and says uh isn't this bathsheba daughter of eliam the wife and wife of uriah the hittite so ahithophel is bathsheba's grandpa whoa right <laughs> I did not, I did not know that. I don't think I've ever studied that in that way. Right. Which so motive? Whoa. We have a Hithophel's motive. Yeah. Yeah. His motive, and then he's angry, and and understandably so, and a lack of oh. forgiveness, and and. And then David's sin and his lack of repentance at that time and just, wow. Right. So in this, there's so many things we can learn from this. We can learn yeah. how, how, how our own unforgiveness for a legitimate travesty, a legitimate thing that was done that our unforgiveness, it doesn't hurt the other person. Maybe Ahithophel should have said something to David. Maybe he tried. Maybe he could have set up boundaries with David and not been David's wise man. Maybe something. But we see that his unforgiveness was likely the root of his decision-making and how he chose to counsel Absalom. Sure, because then you're... You're going back to what we said in our first episode. It doesn't negate the actions. Forgiveness doesn't say that the actions didn't take place. But also um, giving grace to others means that we surrender our right to punish. Mm -hmm. 
it's yeah. a lot easier to want to punish. It feels better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Human. yeah, it does. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that just led to a whole string of, and yet we go back to God's sovereignty, even though God's plan for us was not for all of us to, you know, for sin to come into the world and all of that. But knowing that we, would make the choices that we make. He, he's still sovereign in how he's trying to work through those things. And those things, Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that it fulfilled what God had said was going to happen because of the initial sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So what did you take? What did you take away from that when your brother-in-law um, you know, reminded you of that. What, what did you take mm-hmm. away from that in, in tying it into this topic of forgiveness? I mean, I know you just mentioned the other, but. Right. Yeah. The biggest thing when I heard him preach this was um, forgiveness over someone else being hurt in my life. So it was like I had this misconception that I didn't have to let go of my bitterness or my anger or my desire to punish another person because they had hurt someone that I love. So they didn't hurt me. So I don't have anything to forgive them for. So I was like carrying this around, feeling justified in my unforgiveness. And it opened my eyes to the scope of um, forgiveness that has to happen in our hearts. And that's still hard. Like that's one of those situations in my life. That's not one and done. Like when I see those people, like I still come across some of those people and I, like your insides churn a little and you're like, not sure how to respond. Sure. Not that you have to be in relationship with them. Like you just bump into them in, in the store or something like it's hard, but as we see Ahithophel carrying bitterness and unforgiveness for something that was done to someone that he loved dearly. Wow, that's huge. Because we want to see justice done. And and if we have any kind of human heart at all <laughs> towards the people that we love, um, it's easy for us to take on their offense. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so where yeah. do you think you are in that process right now? Oof. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that specific one in a while. Um, yeah, I think it still breaks my heart for how it has impacted someone that I love. Mm-hmm. But um, I can, I think one of the things that really helps is knowing that it's okay to wish that justice was done. And I don't think justice ever will be done this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't see that happening. But knowing that that I wanting justice to happen isn't me being unforgiving Right. Frees me from holding that so tightly and being like, Mm-mm, I'm not giving it up. And then 
doing what Ahithophel did. And this is what my pastor says. He says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. And we see see Ahithophel did that exact thing and he's the one who ended up dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, unforgiveness does lead to bitterness, does lead to um, a warped sense of self and those around us and can just get to a point of, you know, vengeance and, and it goes back to that, the verse then, and I'm not taking out of context, but you know, the verse that says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, you know? Yep. Right. Um, and yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad that you said it may not take place this side of heaven. And I remember years ago, um, in a Bible study and hearing, well, that person just, they just got away with it. They just got away mm-hmm. with it, you know, and we have a, we have a, I have a really hard time with like, how can they just get away with it? And I remember the first time that I heard, um, there's, there's still the heaven side of the judgment coming, this person or that person, you know, whatever that is. And they're not just right. going to get away with it. Um, right. But. And they can be fully forgiven this side of heaven. Honestly, I, I believe that. I believe that they mm-hmm. can be covered in the blood, but I still believe that there are things that, like this helps me so much when you think of like the judgment seat of Christ or things Christians or even professing Christians paying, like, are they Christian? Or are they not? Cause they don't act like it. Like I'm not going to judge that, but I know that there will be justice either way. Like mm-hmm. God can fully forgive them and there yeah. still be some kind of reckoning yeah. later. Well, I think you said in our, in our first part one of this episode um, that forgiveness doesn't negate consequences. Right. Exactly. Right. So I would love to maybe jump to some things that God has been doing in your heart. Because mm-hmm. I think it was about a month ago, you we were on a phone call together just catching up and you said God really worked some things in your heart. So yeah. Want to tell us about that? I do. Um, and I'm just going to give a little bit of a background, you know, uh, several episodes ago, we did a story where we talked about, um, God's faithfulness. And I, um, even through the rough times and I, I just kind of gave a timeline of these things Mm -hmm. that have happened over the past four years, but didn't really go into a lot of details about each one. But four years ago, like this month, um, Bobby and I were simultaneously fired from the church where we had served for uh, 16 years. We had just celebrated 16 years. Our mm-hmm. former pastor that I mentioned in part one, that his the first sermon that I ever heard in a healthy way about what forgiveness is and is not, um, he had taken another church and so we had uh, somebody else come in. And 
not only were we fired, um, well, I was fired by proxy because right. um, I wasn't brought to the meeting. <laughs> Bobby was fired, and of course, then I was fired. Um, was done in a such a non-biblical way, underhanded, under the table. Um, you know, the majority of the church had no idea what was going on. We're talking about a church that was running anywhere between 700 and 1,000. And um, Bobby was forced to resign. He was forced to sign an NDA and a non-compete. He had done nothing wrong. It was just... And then, and then some of the very people in that room told six or seven six or seven different stories or scenarios and probably the one of the most hurtful difficult things that we had ever encountered in our lives like our lives were literally turned upside down mm-hmm. and you know you go through all of those emotions um it's almost like going through a death um, because uh, not only where you've served, where you have been full-time vocational ministry, um, where you've raised your kids for the majority, where you've poured into people's lives, people have poured into your life, where um, you have memories, where you've st- all of this, um, mm-hmm. and you still live in the same town. Yeah, <laughs> because you're not going to the next ministry right away, um, and so you lose you lose your church family and you lose your like some of your closest friends uh, because they choose to stay at the church. You know, just a, too many details to share in this, but that's been four years ago. Hmm. Um. And. You know, I've gone back and forth on the forgiveness thing, and it's been very difficult. It's been very difficult forgive, to forgive. And I think for, you know, it's been a process. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted to forgive because God commands us to forgive. Um, but the hurt was so deep. And if it had just been that... Maybe I would have been further along in my forgiveness journey, but literally as several episodes ago, like month after month with maybe skipping a few months, there was just one traumatic situation after another. And so it was hurt upon hurt, upon disappointment, upon um, fear, upon tragedy, upon death and and somehow in my head, I wrapped it all back around to that initial hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know. And mm-hmm. I had I had friends around me who were super angry because they feel like the things that took place, you know, started with that initial hurt. So I will say this, I, and I think I've said it before, but... You know, we talked about that bow at the end of Joseph's story where he says to his brothers, 
you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Mm-hmm. I honestly can say that I am finally at a point where I can say our freedom came through our firing and that um, I can see that even though some meant that for evil, even though in their minds they were so deceived that they didn't think it was for evil or the way that they did it was wrong, but but that God has brought us so far from that situation and we are so much healthier now and and leaning towards health emotionally, mentally, and spiritually that I can say that you you meant that for evil because let's get down to it. You didn't mean it for our good. You, you meant it for evil. But God, God is turning it for good. So all to give the the background of that, a little over a month ago, um, I was at a women's conference at our church, and the theme was at the well, which was just phenomenal. And you and I have talked about the woman at the well and just how that story just impacts so many lives because the woman at the well could be any of us. Any of us are the woman at the well, whether it's male or female. But there was not, none of the speakers, none of the worship was even focused on the theme of forgiveness. But we had been encouraged to go to this place that had been set up in the lobby, which had these storyboards. And from left all the way to the right was the entire passage out of the Gospels of when Jesus encountered the woman at the well. Hmm. And then there was a well in the middle of the room and rocks and, you know, just to walk through that. And while I was walking through that, I was literally by myself because there was a an ending of a session going on. And I just began to think about all of the things that that the that the woman at the well was forgiven of in that time. And the Lord just, he wasn't audible, but he was just smashing me, talking to me about forgiveness. And I stood there and it, and I broke like I haven't broken in a really long time about it. And I just began to say out loud, Lord, you've asked me to forgive. And I know that I can't have freedom and really move on until I step in forgiveness of this. You know, and I have forgiven because we were commanded to forgive, but it it didn't change my heart about the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that moment, like, I'm in this room by myself. The tears are flowing, like flowing, like I can't control them. Ugly cry flowing. And I'm just saying out loud, I forgive you. I, and I say the name, I forgive you. And I say the name, you know, um, and I can't say that I'm never going to struggle again. But I can tell you 
and this is going to sound cliche, and I don't mean it cliche, but in the depth of my heart, I physically and emotionally felt release every time I said, I forgive you and said the person's name. And I even said out loud, Lord, I know this doesn't take away what happened. You know, there's still accountability. It, it, but for the longest time I had held on to it because I felt like if I forgave them, that it would make what they did okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another lie that the enemy tells us. Mm, that if we forgive someone for something, it makes it okay what they did. And that is not true. And that is not, and I'm not saying that I've got it all together, but I can say that when I hear those names or when I hear that situation or when I drive by the campus where that took place, um, it's not, it's not a trigger to me. And then since then I was able to share that with, with a dear friend who chose to stay Mm -hmm. and the grace that they gave me and allowing me to share that with them, um, you know, was just, it was just amazing. I cannot explain to you the, the release and the relief that that has brought And I still have a ways to go on other things, but I can really honestly say that God has given me victory in that area. Now, do I want fellowship with the people that were responsible for that? No. But does that mean I haven't forgiven them? No. No. But forgiveness doesn't, um, forgiveness is not immediate trust again or trust ever because if a person doesn't change a person doesn't change and I'm not responsible for their change Uh, I got enough of my own baggage that I need to be working through I'm not responsible for their change and I can't control whether or not they change or whether or not they ever apologize or whether or not their eyes are ever open to see that what they did was wrong And for the longest time, I tried to control all of that narrative. Mm. So I can say that I'm so thankful. I'm not thankful for their behavior, but I'm so thankful that we're four years out from that. And, And man, what God is bringing into our lives, that's just a... That's a whole nother level. Mm. But it was four years, Emily. Yes. And it yes. and it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. And it's a process. It's right. a process. I'm so glad for so much of what you just said. And one of them is that it would it took you four years. Yeah. And nobody else, if you're like, oh stink, I'm five years out from whatever your trauma is or your thing that like really changed your life. You don't, that's not the point. The point is take, 
take the time. Let God work that fruit out in your heart and in your life. I think that's the key thing, though. We have to be willing to let God work it out. And for a while, I was not willing to give it over to him to let him work it out. I was still trying to exact justice. I was still trying to, um, you know, like, are you serious? Like, how, you know, just, just the whole thing. I don't want to say too much because um, that that one story in itself can turn in, could turn into its own episode. But I, I think what you just said, we, we do have to be willing to allow God to work it, it out in us. And honestly, sometimes it's easier. It's not healthier in the long run, but honestly, sometimes it's easier to hang on to it and stay angry. When you're talking about surrender and it makes us feel powerful when we hold on to it, that's sure. that's a control thing. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said about when we feel like we're releasing this and we're acting like well, maybe or we're, we're believing the lie because that's what our enemy likes to do is come in with lies that somehow we're saying this is okay mm-hmm. or somehow – it's easier. It feels like we're still controlling the narrative around it when we're not letting go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that surrender piece to say, okay, God, I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't know if you're going to work something out right now in my heart or if this is going to be a process of healing, but I'm going to let this go. And I maybe even not let it go. It's like a yes, no, yes, no kind of a thing. Like, Okay, my mm-hmm. palms are open, my palms are not, but it's the willingness to surrender because I think surrender is something else that's incredibly nuanced. It's not just this one and done because I've mm. I've heard surrender taught like that, like this, God, I'll do anything for you, and it's it's not. It's right, an and then when we mess up, decision. we have to re. And then when we mess up, we have to rededicate our lives. God, I'll give everything to you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and when you say let it go. I know your heart. You don't mean just let it go. You mean surrendering it to him. And and sometimes it's a daily surrender. I mean, Paul even talked about the fact that I die daily. It's mm-hmm. it may have to be a I mentioned I mentioned my former pastor in our first episode in part one. And one of the things he says, forgiveness is not necessarily a one and done thing. Sometimes you have to continue to forgive as you begin to peel the layers back of what was done Mm -hmm. or what happened or whatever. There is another layer to forgive and another layer to forgive. Or when the bitterness starts to creep back up, then you forgive again. So it's not just like, like you said, the forgive one and done. Sometimes it's a daily surrender and a daily choice to forgive. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Well, guys, I think we're going to land there for episode 
uh, two or part, part two. two. Yeah. Yeah. And then in our, um, in our next part three, we're going to finish up talking about the story of Joseph, but along with um, questions that some of you have asked and some statements and advice that some of you have given regarding forgiveness, but we'll dig back into the story of Joseph and, um, and talk about, talk about that in part three. And, um, and maybe we'll be done at the end of part three. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much, so much to unpack. And um, I'm just, I'm thankful that we've had this opportunity and that the Lord has given both of us an opportunity to have to work through forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's hard to thank him for, Mm -hmm. but I'm, but I'm thankful. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Well, my heart's been ministered to just truth being spoken out is Mm -hmm. such a powerful, powerful thing that I think sometimes we underestimate the power of the spoken word and just speaking out truth over people. You know, I feel like I feel led to pray right now. So as we close this episode, I think the difference, I think the difference in just the spoken truth is that scripture very clear is very clear in the fact that truth spoken in love because we can Mm -hmm. speak truth and we can speak it without love or without being relational or speak it into um um anyway a different way but my prayer is and i know your prayer is that we when we that we always speak the truth in love right yeah i think I can't think of it right now, but there's definitely a Bible verse that talks about, um, oh, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Mm. Um, the truth can kill, but the truth can also, um, with the spirit, can bring life. Yeah. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your abundant forgiveness that you have offered to us for things that Honestly, we haven't even acknowledged or apologized for in our lives stuff that you see that we don't. Um, thank you for being so generous with that. Ask that you would allow us, people listening, to be conduits of that forgiveness and that grace and that love to other people. And for someone who's listening and struggling and saying, I don't know how to forgive. I don't know how to go about this situation. This is hard. I ask that you would wrap them in your peace and your presence and you would remind them that you aren't going anywhere and that you're with them in this struggle and that you see them, Elroy, you see them in this struggle and that you would give them deliverance and victory over maybe bitterness that is trying to creep in or unforgiveness that just... Uh, threatens through lies of the enemy. Give people victory and thank you for your justice and that you uh, will have vengeance and that there will be a reckoning, um, that we have hope, hope in you, 
and your never-changing character. And we thank you for this opportunity again in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as you prayed that prayer, Emily, it reminds me of that beautiful verse. Um, O man, what is good and what the Lord desires of thee, but to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Mm. That's good. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to part two on our series on forgiveness. My name is Lois, and I'm your host for the time being. (laughs) I thought you were almost going to save it. (laughs) I was trying. (laughs) It is 1045 there. It is. And you're sick. I am. (laughs) And not in a good way. Like, you know, sick is a good word now. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yes. <clears throat> no, not in a good way. Three, two, one. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the RFWP podcast where we are seeking truth and finding on finding our hearts. <laughs> okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to the RFWP podcast where we are seeking truth. I was doing fine that time. I'm sorry. I had the giggles. Stop. I was I was getting it right. You were. It was me this time. It was all me. Okay, are you going to save these bloopers? Because you should. <laughs> you should. You should yes, just post they- them as a video of their own. <laughs> okay. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. I think you're lying. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that will make me mad, so I'll stop laughing. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, you can reach out to Lois and Emily at hello at sisterseeker.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to us if you would consider supporting the RFWP. You can go to patreon.com slash sisterseeker. Another way to show your support is by leaving us a review. This helps get this cause and this message to more women like you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, friend.